All right, welcome everybody to Life Street Community Church. It's good to see you. Thank you. Thank you. It's good to see me, isn't it? <laughs> you got to see me whether you like it or not. I'm always here. I'm sorry about that. So it's good to, it's good to see you all. It's good to have a, a sunny Sunday morning. I'm getting used to this morning thing. I'm kind of liking it. I'm liking the Sunday thing. This is, this is, this is two, two in a row, two Sundays. It's kind of nice. Like I like it's light out. This is good. And, and it's not as cold today, so that's nice. And even this week, they said we might even hit like 60 on Wednesday. 60. Uh, Teresa, it's not, it's not summer, but it's better not winter. It's not winter. That's not winter. And, uh, so anyway, it's, it's good to be here. I invite you to turn in your Bibles to 2 Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1. And I always forget to do this. I get you a page number here. 2 Peter chapter 1. Here we go. Almost, almost. Somebody want to beat me to it? 2 Peter chapter 1. That's page, I don't see the page number. There we go, 741, 741 if you'd like to follow along. If you need a Bible, take it. We love giving them away. All right, and today we are wrapping up our series on, uh, on for the first series of the year. It's like our, every year we start off the year with a, with a brand new series. Uh, this is the year of awakening, and so we're starting off a new series here, and uh, our goal is to kind of set expectation uh, for the year to come to give us some direction some action steps, like what are we doing with 2023? It's February. You're one month down already. Isn't that crazy? Crazy. Time's flying. So uh, we've identified, ironically enough, that it's time to wake up, right, that there's this urgency in the air now with a year of awakening, that there's an urgency in the air, that something has changed. And I don't know if you feel it, but it does feel like something's different this year. Like we walk into this year with a different sense than last year or the year before. Like something's just, it's different. I don't know how to, how to tangibly talk about it, but God is cluing us into that. And we've talked about this, Romans chapter 13. God says this, says time is running out. He says, wake up for our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is almost gone. The day of salvation will soon be here. So remove your dark deeds like dirty clothes and put on the shining armor of right living. Right, that every day that passes, we are one day closer to the day of all days, to the day that this life is no more, right? And we all find ourselves face-to-face with our Creator. When the only one who knows what day is coming, there's a lot of people you know, that say, hey, the end of the world is coming. Right? People write books about this. Remember 2020? Remember Y2K? It was going to be it. It's going to blip. Everything's just going to go. And, and everybody's written books through the years. They know what nobody knows. Nobody knows anybody. Uh, maybe the Simpsons. Maybe the Simpsons. They've been pretty good. That's true. That's true. I'll give you that. They've been pretty good. Um, nobody knows except God. And when God says, hey, pay attention, the day is getting closer, maybe we should pay attention. If the only one who knows the day says, hey, the day is coming, maybe we should pay attention. And when that day comes, we will ask the question of all questions. And what's the question when we get to the end of time? What's the question? The only question that matters, did we win? Right, that's the question we're going to ask when we get there. Did we win? And God has shown us what winning is, right? That means salvation. Did we win? Did we receive salvation? Winning, we've talked, is a now, not yet fully reality. We are saved now. Jesus has done it. It's over. It's done. But guess what? We still got to live in this life. There will come a day 
when this life is no more, when that salvation, which is a promise, it's now, it's a reality, but it's not yet fully, when it will fully be realized, that's the day. That's the day of salvation. God says that day is coming. We're saved. We know it's done. We're, our future is secure in Jesus. It's coming, but it's not yet fully. We live in this now not yet fully reality. And despite knowing what it means to win, what we know that that's coming, we still have work to do, right? And God in his incredible goodness has given us these incredible gifts, right? He's given us stuff to help us win. He's, won, he's given us his very own armor, right? The armor of God. He says, I will give you my armor because you're going to be in a war. You're going to need my armor. And if the God who knows how all things works says we're going to need something for what's coming, you should probably listen and accept what he wants to give you, right? If he says, hey, you're going to need this for the journey, you should probably take it. He says, hey, I got you. It's good. But for the meantime, for the not yet fully time, you're going to need some armor, and I'll give you mine, and it'll be plenty good. So if he's saying that, we should probably accept that armor, and we need that armor for a war that's already won. Why would we need armor for a war that's already won? Well, because we talked about this last week, because you have an enemy. We all have an enemy. And in God's incredible goodness, again, he's given us the enemy's playbook. We talked about this last week. We know exactly how he's going to attack. We know exactly what he hopes to do. We know what he wants. We know it all. But here's the thing about the enemy. The enemy is defeated, and that is also a now not yet fully reality. The enemy is defeated. It's over. It's done. The enemy can't win, can't possibly win. Yet that fully is not finished yet until that day. So in the meantime, we need armor because we're in a war because the enemy is going to try and get us. He can't win, can't take anything from us, but he will try to compel us to forfeit to hand over things, to quit, to give up. And God says, I got armor so that you don't do that, so that you don't lose. You, winning is guaranteed. It's yours, but you just need to live and walk in faith with me, and we'll get there. Now, not yet fully, which brings us to today. So that was a quick summary of uh, four weeks of preaching. Five weeks, wasn't that good? I should do that every week, right? Just, just give you like a minute and a half, and man, we beat everybody to brunch. It'll be really good. So... I'll try and be quick still. Still, we're getting out of here at like 10, 10, 15. Like, that's pretty good. You're still, still pretty early for brunch. Like, that's not, that's not bad. Um, so with all God has given us, with all of those things, right, how could we be losing? We've, we know, right, we know all this stuff. So here's the thing. Can I ask you, with all this stuff, with knowing, right, that this is what it means to win, and with knowing, right, that, that you've got armor, and with knowing what the enemy wants to do, how was your week? How many of you had the perfect week? No problems at all. You, you mean you, you, you aced it. You didn't, you didn't have one wrong thought. You never got frustrated. You never said anything unkind or, or, or unthoughtful. You, you, were, you were constantly helpful. You didn't doubt God for a second. There was no questions in your head. There was never a moment of fear or anxiety. You had the perfect week. Anybody? Like you just nailed it this week. No. Okay. How can we know all of this stuff, know what it means to win, know we've got armor, know every strategy of the enemy? How can we know all that stuff and still struggle? How? It's because knowing is not enough. It has never been enough. It's not enough just to know that because I don't know if you know this. I think you might be somewhere subconsciously aware of this, but we're all human. and We're weak. And it's not to say that knowing is unimportant. Knowing is half 
the battle, right? That's what they say. It's important. God has told us those things because it's important that we know those things. He wouldn't tell us if we didn't need to know. We need to know, but it's not enough on their own. We need more than information. It's not enough just to have information. So I say this cautiously. Please hear the whole context of what I'm about to say. The truth is not enough. The truth is not enough. Even the demons know the truth. Information is not enough. It's not enough just to know and understand and recognize something is true. That's not enough. In our family uh, tradition, uh, Christmas time, you know, passed just a little bit ago, we've got this way, I don't know how you open presents in our, in our family, we do stockings first. We sit down, we do stockings first, and we, everybody, and one at a time we open stockings, and then, and then we start with, like, presents. And the presents are, like, you know, you start with, like, the low-hanging fruit, like the little ones, you know. It's like, ah, right, these are the little ones. Yeah, you can open that. Like, so I remember, like, did I wrap that? What is that? Yeah, yeah, you can open that one. Okay, go ahead. Because we want to build anticipation. We're all about drama, right? Because we save the biggest gifts for last. Anybody else? And we try and hide them, too. Like, they're, like, somewhere in a different part of the room, like, so they don't know that they're, like, oh, they think that there's nothing else under the tree. And it's like, oh, they open a little box, and there's a card, and it says, look over there. And it's like, there it is, right? Like, we, got, we, we really play the drama thing up. But we save the biggest gifts for last. Anybody else do that in your, you do that in your, yeah, some, okay. How about fireworks, right? Right? But they save the best for last. The finale is like, right, Kev? Listen, community day, come on, man, counting on you. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. It's going to be good this year. I love a good grand finale. I love the M80s. Bam, 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 bam. Oh, man, just like gets that heart thumping. It's so good. Anybody else? I love fireworks. It's going to be. But they save the best for last. Well, guess what? In this series for this year, we've also saved the best for last. We've saved the best for last. And there's one last reality that God wants us to be aware of that is the game changer of all game changers. Because God knows that knowing is not fully enough, is not enough for us. It's not enough for us just to know. So he has one more gift for us to make sure that we win. It's not enough just to know. He's got one more gift. So I invite you all to read with me, again, Second Peter, and Peter reveals this greatest gift of all. So we're going to read along Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3, and it says this. By his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. Just stop there for a moment. Everything we need. God has given you everything you need. Okay? Not just information. Information is just half of it. He has given you all of it. So there's something else God has given you that you're going to need. It continues. We have received all of this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. So again, you didn't receive this because you earned it, because you are super holy. You didn't do this because you came to church a lot or because you gave us a lot of money. You didn't do this because you were kind to a lot of people. You received this because you know him. That's it. Because you know him. So all you need to do is know God. And God says, you know me, I give you everything. Verse 4. And because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. And it continues. These are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. So let me ask you, did you catch the gift? Because it's right there. It's right there. 
God says, I will enable you to share my divine nature. I will enable you to share my divine nature. Not only does God tell you what time it is, not only does God tell you what the goal is, not only does he give you his armor and the enemy's playbook, but God literally says, I will turn you into me. He says, I will share with you my God qualities. He takes us from what we are and transforms us into human versions of him. God knows we're human and that we need more help than just information. So God says, okay, so then I'm going to share myself with you so that you can win no matter what this world and the powers that oppose you try to do. I will give you myself. I will put it in you. This is the purpose of the Holy Spirit. And that's what we're talking about today. God says, I will give you my nature in the form of my spirit. I will put it in you. First, go back in the story. Go back to the beginning of the, go back to the, beginning of the book, like, like all the way at the front, right? And on the, like, on like this whole section here is all about God knowing people only through regulations and rituals and rules and laws. He says, this is how you're going to know me. You're going to have to know me by following the code, right? And then you get from like here to like, yeah, like from like there to there is Jesus. And you get to know me, Jesus will walk with you. And you'll get to know Jesus through this part. And, and you'll get to see what I'm like because Jesus will be there. And we'll, get, we'll capture that story so that you know what I'm like through the story of Jesus. And then from this part on, at the end here, this is what he says. He says, I'm going to save the best for last. He says, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to give my spirit to all people. I'm going to give my, put my spirit in you so you don't have to just know about a person. You don't have to know me through rules. You will know me one-to-one. -one. I'll be in you. I will give you my divine nature. So with that in, more, with that in mind, this morning I'm going to explore just two things. Here we go. Two things. Ready? Real quick. What is God's divine nature? What's he like? What is God's divine nature? And what will that look like in our lives? How will we know that is happening? What is God's nature and how will we know that's happening? And just a heads up, after we talk about it, we're going to talk about what this looks like. And after we talk about it, we're going to ask God to do it. Just giving you a heads up now, like for real. Like we're going to ask God to say, okay, God, here and now, give me your spirit. We're going to do it this morning. It's not going to be weird, I promise. But I'm just letting you know it's coming. Okay, so here we go. might be a little weird for you, but I'll try my best to make it normal. Um, what is, I mean, we're talking about God like being in us. It's kind of crazy. So here we go. What is the divine nature of God? What is he like? What is God like? Okay, very first, God is good. God is good. Ah, you're close. Yes. God is good. No need for adjectives. I don't need to qualify this good. I don't need to say he is like abundantly good or infinitely good or extravagantly good. God is good, period. Anything that is good, that is God. He doesn't lie. He is truth. Everything about God is good, right? He doesn't change his mind. What he says he does, that's good. God is trustworthy. He never tempts us to do wrong. That is good. He keeps his covenant for a thousand generations. God is merciful. That means he doesn't give you what you deserve. That's good. He forgives you. That's gracious. He gives you good that you don't deserve. He's extravagantly generous. God can't be bribed, totally pure. 
totally just. God is a light, a lamp to light up the darkness. He is, he is the sun, the morning star. He says there is no evil in him at all. That's good. Everything about God is good. But not just that, God is able. It's limitless power. God is absolutely the most able being. That's part of his quality. Uh, one of my dad's brothers is a little um, different. And uh, years ago, uh, but years ago, he posted something on Facebook. And you know that you had family members that post stuff on Facebook, and you're like, oh, I don't know. Like, oh, man. But he posted something, and honestly, I was like, that is brilliant. I'm going to write that down. And he says, he said this. He said, the devil, it says the devil is like a roaring lion. We talked about this. The devil is, he says, but God actually is one. He is the lion of the tribe of Judah. The devil is like a roaring lion. God actually is one. You want to talk about power? God is able. God is a fighter. You want to fight against God? Good luck. He is skilled in battle. There's no greater warrior than God. He fights and contends. God is powerful. It says he is a devouring fire, a consuming fire. Nothing stands before him. God is supreme, the God of all gods, the Lord of all lords, the creator of the universe, the one who speaks and things come into being that are not, right? Sun, moon, stars, earth, you name it, mountains. He tells he tells the oceans where to stop. He knows where the storehouses of snow are kept. He says rain sends the lightning bolts where he wants it to go. Power. God is a fortress, an impenetrable rock. It's a hard word to say, impenetrable. Rock, a shield, a refuge, an everlasting arm that holds you. God is a rescuer. No one is beyond his reach. No one. God preserves. He upholds and steadies the unsteady. God provides. There's no limit to his resources. God is able. There is literally nothing he can't do. So God is good and God is able. But not only that, God is wisdom. His foolishness is wiser than the wisest human wisdom. There is nothing he doesn't know. He sees yesterday, today, and forever. He has seen it all. Nothing is hidden from his eyes. He sees beyond the surface. He penetrates to the very heart of the person. God sees everything that can be a little intimidating, yes? But there's also some reverence that comes with that. A whole, it's really talking about the fear of God. It's not so much I'm afraid, but it's the, there's this reverence, this, oh, oh. He makes our way perfect because he knows the best pathway for life. He knows where everything is supposed to go. God knows exactly what we need. He knows exactly who you need in your life. He knows when you need it. He knows everything. All his judgments are right. God is never wrong. He is never wrong. One of, one of uh, great guy, Dr. Mark Rutland said this, nothing has ever occurred to God. Huh. No, never happened. Never happened. God is all wisdom. All of it is wrapped up in him. So he's, in, he's good. He's able. He's wisdom. Now, Jay, God is love. His love is perfect. It's unconditional. He couldn't be more loving. He is a father to all. You are his child. You are worth the life of his son. God is jealous. 
He cares about his own. He delights in you. He truly enjoys you. There is no one who has ever loved you anywhere close to what God loves you like. Nobody has ever loved you like God has loved you. Nobody. He is love. He's, you look it up in the dictionary, it's just a picture of God. It'd be cool. Like, it's just God. He is love. So God is able, he's wise, he's good, he's full of love. And listen, it's not an exhaustive list. We could sit here for all day. I'm just, I know you want to get out of here. So God is all those things. And here's the thing. He says, I am this. That's my divine nature. And I want to make you like that. That's what he's saying. I want to make you just like that. That's what I'm giving you my Holy Spirit for. It's not just that you can be super religious and impress other people with what you are like and how holy you are. That is not why he gives the Holy Spirit. He does not give the Holy Spirit so that we can show off and prove to other people that we're perfect, we're right, that we're more good, that we're smarter, that we're, we're favored. It's nothing like that. If that's it, I will tell you, you have a spirit in you, but it's not God. He says, I want to make you good, able, wise, and loving. That's what the Holy Spirit does. So here's what that's going to look like in your life. Since God is good, he makes you good. How many of you feel good? You feel like you're a good person. You do good. Your life accomplishes good. God says, I'm going to give you the power to do what's right. When your human nature wants to give in, when you're like, I don't really feel like doing what's right now, his spirit steps in and says, I got you here. I will help you do what's right. When your human nature wants to drop the hammer on someone because, man, they deserve it, he gives you the power to be gracious and merciful because that's good. When you know you should honor your commitment, but you'd rather just do what you want and just kind of go, his spirit walks in and says, I will help you be trustworthy, faithful. When God's spirit is in you, you become a light to others. Your life gets brighter and others get brighter because they're near you because that's good. That's what God does. He even gives you the power to think about what's good. He changes your thought life. You daydream different. God says, I want to make you like me. I want to make you good so that everything you do, people go, man, they're good. I don't know what to tell you. It's not us. It's God in us, transforming us, divine nature. It's what he does. And since God is able, he makes you able. How many of you feel totally competent for everything that's in front of you? You got everything you need. Mm. God says, I will give you the power to accomplish everything that is good and right, that your heart is prompted to do. I will give you that kind of power. You will find the passions and visions in your heart are doable, that you actually have what you need to accomplish what you want to do. Truly, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You will find that the work of your life actually matters, that what you do in obedience to God is never in vain. It all counts. That is a power that comes from God. It's not you. You don't just say, hey, I'm going to do something that's going to last forever. Our stuff, hey, where's Vic? Where's, where, where's Vic going? Where is he? There he is. It's going to burn. It's going to burn. Whatever we do, it's going to burn. He's got a friend that says it all the time. It's going to burn. Yeah, well, guess what? The things that God does through you, they last through the fire. They will endure forever. You can't work like that. You're going to find that the work of your life actually matters. He will give you power to speak. You ever be in a moment and be like, man, I wish I had the right words for that moment. 
I just, words failed me in that moment. I wanted to say something to them. I wanted to comfort, or I wanted to guide, or I wanted to help, or I wanted to say something instructive. I wanted to, I had a, I just couldn't find the words. God says, I will give you the words in the moment. My Holy Spirit will inspire speech. I will help you articulate what is going on inside you for that moment. That is power. It's ability. It comes from God. You'll have the power to heal. Uh, come on, Pastor. I don't know. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. You, you deal with it. He says, I will give you the power to heal. Healing is God's idea. You certainly can't do it on your own. Anybody that thinks that they're a healer, you can't do it. But God says, I will give you power to heal. We certainly know people need healing. I'm willing to try. Not promising that I heal anybody. It's not me. But I'm willing to say, God, you can use me to heal anybody you'd like to. I don't want to stop that. If God wants to heal somebody, he wants to use me, go ahead. Go ahead. I don't know what it looks like, but I will. Sure, go for it. You'll have the power to live in peace, free from anxiety. You want power? God says, I will give you that. Our greatest strength is found when we acknowledge it is all God, that in our weakness, he is strong. God says, I want to give you my nature. I want to make you powerful, but it's going to be totally reliant on me going to have to check your power at the door and say, God, it's going to be you. And if you do that, you will be able. And since God is wise, he says, I want to make you wise. Things that used to confuse you, guess what? They're going to make sense now. When you have no idea what to do, when you don't know left, right, straight, backwards, I'm not sure. I'm all turned around. God says, hey, my wise divine nature is going to step in and I will give you clarity. God's spirit gives you the power to dream, to see beyond what is actually in front of you. You'll have the power to actually come up with solutions for problems that this world can't solve. God says, that's what I want to do. I want to give you wisdom. You'll have the power to actually see God in a moment where it's like, ah, you know, yeah, think of Stephen. If you know the story of Stephen, he was preaching, trying to, to just tell people about God, and they were getting angry at him, and they began to stone him. They're angry. They're, 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 the crowd is totally against him. He's like alone in, in an island in the middle of, an, of a hostile crowd. And in that moment when all around him is chaos, Stephen says, I see God. When all around you the world looks like it's falling apart, God says, I will give you the wisdom, the perception to actually see me in that moment and have peace. He says, I will give you the power to overflow with confident hope. You will have this understanding of what's coming. You'll have this understanding of what I'm doing for you. You will be wise enough that you can walk through this life with hope. I love this. I, verse of the day. On, it never fails. So many times. If you're on the Bible app, the verse of the day just so happens to be what I'm preaching about. I don't know. They got my notes or something. But if you're looking today. Today, Timothy, God has not given us a spirit of timidity and of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. That's what he says. It's the verse of today. I woke up this morning. I was like, are you kidding me? It's like, come on, I'm preaching on that. That's too good. God says, I will give you not a spirit of fear, but of sound mind. Now, listen, I'm not saying that anxiety is not real, that there are not people that have clinical anxiety, that there's that there's struggles there that aren't you know that but much much of the anxiety we feel as people is simply not having the spirit of God in us 
which gives us a sound mind. Not saying all of it, but much of it would be solved if we would simply say, Spirit, give me a sound mind right now. You did not give me a spirit of, of fear. You gave me a power, love, sound mind. And since God is full of love, he says he will make you loving. And it's different than just like, oh, there's such a loving person. It's different than human love. It's an altogether different type of thing. It's, it's far deeper. You'll have a love, a unique love for people that are hard to love. You'll have love for people that are difficult. You'll have love for people that don't love you back. You'll have an uncommon love, a sacrificial love, a love that gives beyond what's normal, a love that's not fair. It doesn't make sense. People around you recognize that you love in ways that aren't common, that's not like this world. You're not just nice people who are nice and you're not just gentle. No, you're bringing the love of God into places with you that's different. God's love never fails. It never quits on people. It sacrifices everything. That's what God does. You will have an awareness of people, a sensitivity to their needs, a compassion that you, you would never have on your own. You'll be attuned to people in ways that you couldn't ever be attuned on your own. Some people are like, you know, the emotional EQ, you got good social awareness. This is something totally different. Because on a spiritual level, you will be tuned into people. You will see them and go, I don't know why. God has given us a variety of spiritual gifts for just this reason. One of the gifts is, uh, is the, the gift of, of wisdom or knowledge. And knowledge says, I understand. I know something about you that I shouldn't know. I don't know how to tell it. But I know you're going through a tough time right now. Nothing on the outside shows it. But there's something in me. There's a love in me. There's a concern for you that God is putting in my heart. Are you okay? That's how it works. That's what it looks like. God says, I will make you loving, and your presence will be a blessing. I'm going to invite the band up. We're going to wrap it up here in just a minute. Go back to that verse. By his divine power, God has given us what? Everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know him the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. And because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises, and these promises are those that enable you to share his divine nature. Why? To escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. Let me ask you, you really want to mess with the enemy? Like, let's do this. Like, when we want to mess with him, don't stop at knowing that God has given you everything you need. Don't stop there. You want to mess with the enemy, don't just say it's enough that I know all this stuff that God has given me. The very next verse tells us what to do. Verse 5 says this, in view of all this, make every effort to respond to God's promises. To respond to God's promises. I probably should have made that bigger. Um, If I can share as a pastor for just a moment. This is going to be a defining moment right here and right now. For some of you, for many of you. Perhaps even for our church. Because I believe God is desperate to give us his Holy Spirit. To empower us to win because this world wants to just crush us. As a pastor, I hear a lot what's going on, not just 
in our church, but in our community. I've talked to a lot of other faith leaders. and There is there's some, God, this world, people are struggling. And God, God is desperate to give you everything you need, but it's not just information. He wants to truly put a spirit in you. And that's going to require a response on our part. It's not enough just to know it. We've got to make a decision. God, I'm going to let you. I'm going to receive. And there's probably a wrestling going on in some of you right now. Even hearing it, like when I told you that we were going to come to this point, you were probably like, your stomach turned inside. Because the enemy wants to keep you as far from God as possible. So the enemy's going to tell you things like, this is stupid. This is ridiculous. This is for crazy people. The Holy Spirit isn't real. It's a fantasy. This is like religious nut job stuff. He's going to convince you that you're fine as you are, that you're a good person, and you don't need any of this, that you know enough to do what's good. You're fine. The enemy will do whatever it takes to keep you from responding. I've been in and around church people for most of my life. I tell you that no amount of religious living can compensate for the power of the Holy Spirit. It doesn't matter how much you know. I don't care how smart you are. I don't care how nice you are, how strong, how well you follow the rules. If you don't have the Spirit of God living in you, you will not escape the corruption of this world. You just can't do it on your own. Not enough to know. The list is far too long of people who have looked like they had it all together on the outside and on the inside, they were an absolute mess. It's an old preacher, the Reverend Zimmerman, who said, you can't make up in thunder what you lack in lightning. The enemy is real. Our God is bigger. and He has not offered his spirit to us as a bonus. It's not extra credit for those who want to just be a little extra special. We need the Spirit of God in us every single moment of every single day. Who we are, I don't care. Your parent, husband, wife, brother, sister, whatever you are, for every single role in your life, you need the Spirit of God. And if we're going to respond, if we will respond, let me tell you, there's no telling what God can do in and through you. So in a moment... We're going to receive communion. We're going to do it a little different today. Now, communion is a communal, get the word from, tradition, where we share the bread and the cup. I got it right here. I don't think it originally started off like this. Um, it's probably much better bread, and pretty sure it was real wine. Um, but we do this to remember what Jesus did for us. If you were not served when you came in, I just want to make sure everybody's served. Just raise your hand if you didn't get one. We got some up front. So if we can get, yeah, bring the basket. Just bring the whole basket forward, Kev, if you will, and just serve everybody. Just keep your hands up until uh, everybody's got some. So all, most of the front here. So you kids were going straight for bagels. That's why you missed it. Yeah, they know it too. They're like, yeah. Thank you. 
And right over here, Kevin, on this left. Anybody else? Just keep your hand up and make sure that they get them right there. Make sure everybody's been served. One aspect of communion that's often overlooked is that we're told to evaluate ourselves before we participate, to search our hearts, to do an internal audit. So in this moment, I want to invite you, search yourself. Search yourself. If you have yet to invite Jesus into your, into your heart to be your Savior, if you've never made that decision to say, God, I, I don't want to do this life alone. I want to, I need you. Now is as good a time as any. You don't have to have any magic words to say, Jesus, I need you. And if you've already done that, and you've been, the question is this, have you invited the Spirit of God to lead the way in your life? One thing to say, Jesus, I believe you, but what we're talking about, is the Spirit truly leading in your life, or are you? Are you leading, or are you following? And if you're leading, now is a good time to repent and say, I'm sorry for that, God. Got to stop doing it in my own strength. Ask God's Spirit to fill you and to give you His divine nature, to change you here and now. He will do it. So I'm just going to give you just a moment, right where you are. Do business with God. Take a moment. Search yourself and say, God, grant me your divine nature now. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you are faithful to continue to fill us with yourself. Lord, you know it's not enough for us just to know these things, but we've got to actually welcome you into our life, to submit ourselves to your Lordship, to say, God, you lead, you empower, you give me wisdom, Lord, everything good that I have comes from you. You make me the loving person I know I need to be. So, God, we welcome you into this place to do that. I invite you now just to peel off that top and take that representative bread out. And let's just take a moment and pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this symbol. Lord, it represents your body. Lord, that you came. It's real. It's not an idea, a concept, but it's an actual truth. Lord, you came. You sent your son, Lord. And we thank you for being a God who is good. God who is able. Lord, that resurrection power that brought you back to life, you give that power to us. Lord, this is who you are. You are able. You are wise. It was in the, the wise plan the wisest plan of all time 
to make it so that it's only about belief. It's not about ability. We just need to trust you. It's totally relational. It's not about jumping through hoops, proving ourselves through discipline. It's faith. It's an act of the will. We choose to believe in you, God. Lord, you are good, you are able, you are wise. And Lord, most of all, you are loving. You are love. Everything you've done is love. This bread represents your great love for us, that you are so willing to come and let us know how much you love us. We thank you, God. We praise you. We worship you for who you are. In your name we pray. Let's eat together. And we take the cup. And Jesus, we thank you for this cup. Your, for your blood. It, it symbolizes your blood, Lord, that there was a cost to this. That you didn't share your divine nature casually. Lord, there was a tremendous cost. It cost your life. So, Lord, I ask this morning to help us respond to all you've done for us. Lord, right now we invite your Holy Spirit to fill each and every one of us. The enemy has no right to distance us from you. It's time for us to wake up to let your divine nature be fully alive in us. The world has no need for people who know but don't believe or act. Let us match up our faith with our actions, Lord. Let us respond. Because of all that you have done for us, let us respond. Lord, make us people who are good and able and wise loving. We welcome you, Lord. We worship you for how you love us. We thank you.